is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everyone. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is the Talking Dead podcast number 415, recorded on Tuesday, January 29th, 2019. And there's a lot of snow outside. I've heard that. Where we are. I don't know if you've left your house today, Jason, but uh, starting yesterday morning, it started snowing. It didn't stop until about 3, 4 a.m. where where I live, which is not that far from where you live. And... All said and done, I think there was about three feet of snow dumped on the ground. I think Toronto got it a little worse than uh, than us. Like we got a lot of snow out here in uh, you know fabulous Pickering, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, don't, I think we got slightly less than you did. But still, a lot of friggin' snow to shovel and clear yeah. away and stuff like that, and brush off your car and whatnot. I spent, I spent far too much time shoveling today, and mm-hmm. I I didn't appreciate it. And I, I generally like shoveling, but. Come on. It's good exercise, you know? Yeah, it's good exercise. It's just, it was a little too annoying shoveling the uh, the end of the driveway when, uh, you know, half the street is in your driveway. Uh, <laughs> so you have to snow, you have to shovel all that snow and it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. I bring it up just because uh, it was big news around here. Uh, there was a, a large winter storm that rolled through the area and was, was pretty big. It, it, you know, blanketed a big chunk of like eastern northeastern north america uh with snow and uh, a friend of mine down in atlanta who who um does another podcast uh, you know she i think they had a snowfall warning down there as well the day before the storm hit right and down in atlanta they decided to close the schools preemptively for the day for the next day because there was snow coming and then no snow came and there was schools closed and everyone was oh, yeah. upset about that. But they, well, they tend to close schools for, you know, any amount of snow, a, 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 a millimeter, a dusting of snow and the whole city shuts down. I've heard up here we get three feet of snow and the buses aren't running. The school buses yeah. aren't running, but the schools are still open. So if you can get your kids to school, they're good to go. Yeah. Mine, you know, Jasper went to, went to daycare today that was open yeah. i mean the buses they tend to slide around in this slop uh when they don't plow properly so they, they you know they bang into things and they don't like to do that on with a bunch of kids on board if they don't have to so they cancel the school buses but schools are fine yeah the, the only thing about that is i just i wish that um i, I wish that the poor teachers have to go in if they keep the schools open, right? And they, they should just call it a snow day and be done with it. Let everyone stay home. Yeah. Nobody risks their life going into work, having to commute for three hours to get to a school where there's no students anyways, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's fine. A, it's a thing. Uh, that's um, that's the Fear Me po- podcast, our friends down there in Atlanta. I, I should give a shout out to them. They are very cool, and they have no snow and no school. School's open. We have tons of snow and plenty of schools open. <laughs> yeah. All the schools are open. All None the of the schools. buses are running, but all the schools are open. Yeah. So there you go. My kids had a snow day. They went outside. They buried themselves in snow, and that's it. Uh, a, a self-imposed snow day. The school was oh, open, but we Oh, kept because the school's buses weren't running, and uh, right. uh, so they, they stayed home. That's nice. Yeah. It was it was fun for them. Back yeah. to real life tomorrow, though, that's for sure. Yeah. And you had a birthday. Happy birthday, Chris. Oh, I did. I had a birthday on Saturday. I'm old. Yeah. I'm older than I was. I'm getting old. 
I'm, yeah, uh, the march of time touches us all, my friend. It does. It does. Uh, a, a guy at work called me an older gentleman. Oh, well, that's nice. Is it? He deserves a slap, but whatever. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I think it was funny. Um, you know, he he was struggling for a term to describe. Is he in his 20s? He's 30. He's recently turned 30. There's no excuse. By the time you're 30, you're pretty much supposed to be an adult. Uh, mm-hmm. And don't call people that, older gentlemen. He was I don't str- care who, who, are, who you're talking to. He was struggling for a term to describe me, and he came up with older gentlemen sort of on the spot. And I don't think I'm ever going to let him live that down. Yeah. Because why should just, I? Just, just call him a whippersnapper every time you see him. <laughs> there you go. I bet he doesn't even know what that term means. Well, I'll have to find out. <laughs> That'll teach him. Anyways, yeah, it was my birthday. I'm 44, and uh, just an, another one come, came and went, I guess. Yep. But thank you. Bad. Thank you for the birthday wish. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, this is not the snow or the birthday podcast. This is The Talking Dead, where we normally talk about The Walking Dead TV show and comic and video games and all the other stuff that they've got going on. And we are going to do a little bit of that today. Um, we're going to do some Walking Dead news. Uh, there's there's a bit out there as we get closer to Season 9 resuming in a couple of weeks. Uh, but we're also going to review a couple of movies uh, that are sequels, or that are... Uh, one is a sequel to the other one, I guess, called The Wave and The Quake. And we're going to get to that later. First, we're going to the, do the news, but I'm really looking forward to those reviews. That's actually a great idea for a movie series or even a, having each movie, even the first one, be a sequel of each other. Can you do that? Can you? I don't know. I'm sure there's a clever writer out there that could figure that out, but actually make uh, the first movie the sequel of a second movie and the second movie be the sequel of the first movie. Somehow. I don't know. I mean, Somebody figure it out. Time Smarter travel? than me. Time travel involved somehow? Well, no, maybe. Parallel but, multiple universes involved? I'm sure Black Mirror could f- figure it out. Oh, yeah. Let's get Charlie Brooker on it. Charlie, two episodes of Black Mirror that are sequels of each other somehow and make it all work. Yeah. All right. That'd be awesome. We are going to do that, but first, we are going to do The Walking Dead News. Here we go. The Walking Dead News. My first item in The Walking Dead News, Jason, is uh, a little dubious as far as it comes to being actual news, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Is it Walking Dead related? It is Walking Dead related. All right. Meets half the criteria. I'm fine. All right. Good. Uh, AMC apparently has released the opening minute and a half of the mid-season premiere. Okay. So if you want to watch the first minute and 30 seconds of Season 9, Episode 9, which is coming on uh, February 10th, you can do that. The weird thing is, I couldn't find this footage on any official AMC channel. The website, the YouTube channel, their Twitter feed, nothing like that. But it has been posted by other... Um, you know, Walking Dead news coverage type sites, people like us. Uh-huh. Um, and the AMC watermark is on the footage and everything, and they're all reporting it as if it's officially been released. But I think that's weird because I went to the AMC website to watch it. I went to YouTube. I couldn't find it in either of those places, which is normally where they release things like this. So I just wanted to throw it out there that the first minute and a half is online. It is available. And it looks real. Everything about it feels real, except the way that it was released. So, um, you think it's fake? I don't think it's fake, 
I but I but it might be leaked. Like it may not have been an official release somehow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why would they? Uh, yeah. Why would people report it as officially released if it's not been officially? Maybe it's maybe because is it because you're in Canada? A um, Canadian thing? Well, maybe. But usually with YouTube, you you get the this content is not available in your country, but you can still try to watch it. I couldn't right. even find it. Now I was looking yesterday. Maybe it's there today. I didn't have a chance to take a look today, but it was weird. It's been posted for a few days now, um, but it just it feels kind of odd that it's out there, but it doesn't seem to be officially out there, which is weird. So I just wanted to point it out. If you're interested in seeing what appears to be the first minute and a half of the season nine uh, mid-season premiere, you can go find it. Uh, you can go to comicbook.com slash TWD. They have a story about it there and there's nothing after watching the footage to indicate that it is like fake, uh, because it clearly seems like it's the first minute and a half of the premiere. So, right. um, I'm not really going to describe it. I'm not going to say anything more about it in case it is not real or also just, you know, in case anyone doesn't want any spoilers, but if you're interested, you can go out and find it. There it is. And maybe AMC did officially release it and just for some weird reason sent it directly to some uh, some of these outfits that have been reporting it. That's strange. It's a little weird, yeah. So it's there. Comicbook.com slash TWD. Check it out there. And uh, if you don't want to, you only have uh, less than two weeks before the, before the season resumes. So you'll see it then anyways. Uh, next item is, again... A little bit dubious. <laughs> this one's news, but not Walking Dead related. Of news. No, this one's Walking Dead related too. Uh, but again, it's only kind of news or unconfirmed news. Way back on January 13th, a whole bunch of these similar types of Walking Dead sort of news coverage outlets, websites, and things like that reported that The Walking Dead was renewed for season 10. Um, if not officially renewed, on the verge of being officially renewed. And they all reported that an official announcement from AMC was imminent. To me, what, what does imminent mean to you, Jason? Uh, Going to happen very shortly. Right. Well, that was January 13th. It's now January 29th, and I don't believe there's been an official announcement, because again, I couldn't find an official announcement from AMC, and I also couldn't find any follow-up on any of these original stories. Right. It's not like you say, I'm, you know, we're going to have a baby imminently when you start talking about possibly having children one day. Right. Right. You don't, that would be the wrong word to use. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, they, they said imminent and that was January 13th and I don't believe it's been official. Now I'm saying something this, happened, right? There's like, we're going to release this. And then, uh, somebody went, yeah, you probably shouldn't have said that stupid. You're fired. Oh, it could have been, could have been something like that. I don't know. Um, I, this is funny because, like, does anyone doubt that there isn't going to be uh, a season 10? No, everyone knows there's going to be season 10. It's been in development for a long time. We've talked about that here. Angela Kang's been writing the thing for a while. And, uh, you know, if it if they weren't already working on it, they'd be way behind schedule. So we know there's going to be season 10, but usually AMC makes these announcements during the season before they've always done that one season at a time you know season eight is announced at the beginning of season seven or maybe in the middle hiatus of season seven so it's 
prime time for an announcement about season 10. I just don't think it's officially come yet. Um, but nobody get their, uh, you know, underwear in a bunch about it because I'm pretty sure season 10 is coming along just fine. Crap. My underwear's in a bunch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn. You got to get that sorted out, man. I looked up the word eventually on a, a thesaurus to see if somebody would, you know, did the thesaurus search on, we're going to release this eventually and see if imminent comes up, but it doesn't seem to come up. No. Eventually so, is, is rather, I would think is a rather vague term. It really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, ultimately, later, you know, some, after some time. Some day. The end of the day. Right. End of the day. All right. <laughs> uh, maybe not, maybe the figurative uh, meaning of at the end of the day rather than by the end of the day, because that seems pretty imminent. That, like, I need you to do this. Like, I need you to, you know, file your taxes by the end of the day. That seems pretty imminent and mm-hmm. ominous, right? Also ominous, yeah. Yeah. So, but, you know, at the end of the day, who gives a shit? I guess so. Imminent, is the other end of that spectrum. Well, ominous implies consequences if you don't do it. Imminent, not as much. Yeah. That just means going to happen very soon. Um, you know, at the end of the day or eventually could be any time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Don't use the word imminent if you don't mean imminent, damn it. I agree with that. All right. So I think that's enough of uh, questionable news items. We'll get into some semi-real news now. That's enough of that shit. Let's move on to the real news. <laughs> the real news. Well, you tell me if this next one is real news, Jason. All right. We'll judge afterwards. Okay, very good. Angela Kang, you know her. She is the I current do. showrunner. Well, personally. No, but uh, she's, she seems very cool. Seems to know what she's doing. Uh-huh. She was asked by Entertainment Weekly about whether or not they'd be using flashbacks in the second half of season nine to fill in some of the gaps created by that six year time jump that we've recently had. And she said, it will be used. I'll say it's more than once. It's a little different each time. It's something that tells specific pieces of backstory that I think are useful to understanding who some of our characters are and why they're at where they're at. So that's a, you know, semi, slightly long way of saying, yeah, we're going to use some flashbacks to fill in the gaps. Right. She could have just, you know, answered that whole question with, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we got the same result. That's right. I mean, I mean, but she's a writer, right? Like, why say things in 10 words when you can use 25? Well, but the best writers will say what they can in 10 words in five. That depends on how you get paid. You get paid by the word? Mm. I mean, scribes get paid, used to get paid by the line. Okay. Right? So they, you know. Carriage returns are very important. <laughs> right. I guess so, yeah. Uh, I don't think she gets paid by the word, though, so there's no reason <laughs> she for... She might. Well, I, don't I don't know. know. I, I I doubt it. Maybe some of her writers do, but uh, anyways, she's basically confirmed that there will be flashbacks, and, you know, the, the nature of the flashback, I think, is sort of up for debate a little bit, is when you do an entire episode that takes place in the past, is it considered a flashback? I guess. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think of them as more short, like short bits within an episode that explain something that's happening in the present timeline, like currently happening in the present timeline. Right. Well, look at Lost. I mean, half the of every episode was a flashback, like fully half. Yeah, you're right. I guess it's it's open for some sort of debate, some debate on what constitutes a flashback. But I guess anything that takes place in the past qualifies. Right. Right. I mean, they've also had, uh, you know, episodes of Friends that were, the whole episode was a flashback. Right. The whole thing took place way back in uh, high school for 
Ross and Monica. Oh yeah. I remember seeing I remember seeing episodes of Friends where they were first meeting Rachel or something like that. You know, she's in a wedding dress. Was that a flashback or was that just... No, that was the pilot. That was the pilot? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, when she shows up in a wedding dress. In the coffee shop. After Chandler says, I should just get married. And then she walks into the, the central perk in a, in a wedding dress. Oh, convenient. And then he asks for a million dollars because he's Chandler. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, they've had, you know, flashback. You could have the whole episode as a flashback. I think it'd still be considered a flashback. Having a whole movie as a flashback would be hard because, you know, what's the context? There's no context. It's just a flashback. So it's just the movie, right? Con- context is all. Yeah. So, yeah. So now that we have a context, they could have an entire, they could have a, a whole half a season as a flashback. It'd still be a flashback. Okay. Fair enough. Well, Regardless of how you define a flashback, we are going to get some stuff taking place in the past that explains things. She didn't get into it, but you got to you got to figure it's going to be the the scars on the backs of some of our characters. Right. As one of those things, primary primary so things. Anyway, flashbacks are imminent. Fla- <laughs> yes, they're imminent. They're inbound. Right. They're going to be here anytime now. At the end of the day, we're going to get flashbacks. Great. Perfect. <laughs> Way to muddy the waters, my man. <laughs> uh, okay. Fox, the Walking Dead's international distributor, is opening an art exhibit in London, London, England. Uh, it's called The Walking Dead Art Apocalypse. And from the article I read about it on denofgeek.com, they said... The show, which will be open to the public at Old Truman Brewery in Brick Lane on the 8th and 9th of February, will feature large-scale interactive set recreations, prop replicas, and prize-winning fan art, with the artwork in the gallery having been chosen by none other than Greg Nicotero himself. So speaking about that fan art, uh, they go on. The exhibition houses the 20 shortlisted entries of a national fan art competition launched by Fox in October 2018, which have been selected from over 800 entries and brought to life in the gallery. And uh, yeah, as I said, judging panel included Greg Nicotero. So a whole bunch of Walking Dead props, uh, set uh, set recreations, and all this fan art. And it's going to be all in a big exhibit in London. So if you're into that, into that, you can go and check it out. Now, the weird thing is it's only on for two days. Well, I mean, it's a pilot, right? They're, they're testing the waters. Like, you know, if we put some fan art and some prop recreations, like what kind of prop recreations? Like the orange backpack, I could see as something that we'd like to see as an art exhibit. Yeah. But if it's just like a pile of books, it's like, hey, it's a Walking Dead pile of books. <laughs> that really doesn't make any sense. That was in the background in Hilltop at one point, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, there were books somewhere eventually. Look, this is a table. Walking Deadhead tables. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they say set recreations and prop replicas. So yeah. same thing, I guess. Uh, I'd now- like to see a miniaturized version of the Hilltop, for example. You know, like put together a diorama. That'd be cool. Of, uh, of the Hilltop. I I think, you know, at one-tenth scale or whatever they use scale, whatever scale they use for models. Mm-hmm. But I think that would be, uh, that would be really neat. That would be kind like of Like the way cool. they put together uh, old battle scenes, like uh, uh, Civil War battle scenes where they have these big tables and they put together these huge uh, dioramas. I like to see that kind of thing as an art exhibit. That would be fun. 
that would be sort of neat. Well, I don't know if they'll have that kind of stuff, but they will have these other things, including all the fan art. And it's a set recreation. It's just at a different scale than one-to-one. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. But, I mean, I think people like to walk into these set recreations, you know, go into Woodbury or, or the governor's room or something like that, you know. Oh, that'd be uh, fun too. Maybe maybe Negan's office and sit in his chair where he bangs Lucille on the on the desk. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If you, if you, if, if they that. let you bang Lucille on the desk, I would totally pay for that. Or the container, uh, or the the the, uh, the shipping container that they stored everybody in in A or whatever that episode was called at, at the uh, terminus. Terminus. Yeah, I'd go in there and then I'd, you know, crack open the door and say they're fucking with the wrong people. That's right. It'd be hard to fit in an art gallery. Depends on the size of the art gallery. Oh, they could do it if they're... You fit a train car in there? That's a pretty big art gallery. Yeah, why not? Well, two days, February 8th and 9th, and just so you're aware, on on, uh, Friday the 8th, it's open from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m., and on Saturday the 9th, it's 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. So That's a pretty short run. I, I know. I mean, two days for like four hours each day. Well, Holy I mean crap. seven and five, but yeah, or no, seven hours each day. But like, it does seem like uh, not a lot of time to do all of this. It sounds like they like task somebody to do this. It's like, you you know what? You, your intern job this year is to put together a Walking Dead art exhibit and uh, here's the card for Greg Nicotero. Uh, give him a call. See if he <laughs> said, thinks it's a good idea. See if you can get him over here. Yeah. <laughs> no, just like, hey, Greg, I'm going to put this thing up there. Yeah, okay. All <laughs> right. Greg Nicotero personally approved that thing. Yeah. I can now put it in the art gallery. Good, good. Well, if you're in London or the area and you go to this or, you know, go check it out, let us know what it's like. I would be curious to see because uh, there's not much chance of me getting over there at the beginning of February to check it out. So um, I would, I'd at least like to, to hear about, hear about it a little bit. Yeah, um, so sure. send us an email to talking at gmail.com. If you attend and uh, just let us know your thoughts. Cause it sounds pretty cool, but I feel like it's the kind of thing that should run for a while, maybe a few weeks, a month or something to give it the best, exposure and give people an opportunity to see this stuff you know so yeah all right one more news item here before we move on with the rest of the podcast and that is about starbreeze studios and overkills the walking dead video game which has been out for a short time now uh the news is that the console release of the game has been indefinitely delayed uh but um, there's some backstory to this as well. Uh, to start, the the uh, game was released for PC back in November. It's a cooperative first-person shooter type game in a Walking Dead universe. I have not played it, but I've read some of the reviews, and they have been universally bad. Uh, they're all bad. They, you know, they claim the game is just repetitive. It's there's no single player mode, all these kind of things that pe- people just don't really like and just generally gotten bad reviews since it's come out. Um, you know, Eurogamer, a, a website that covers the video game industry, interviewed a bunch of developers on the project, on the game, and they all, of course, wanted to remain anonymous. But uh, one of them, one of them said the reason that the final game feels unfinished like a beta is, quote, because it is. It's a beta game because we made it in a year and a half. Uh, he goes on to say something about, you know, uh, 
a, a gaming engine change was imposed on them like halfway through development. So they basically had to start over wow. with this engine and they just weren't given enough time to do it. Uh, another developer stated that everyone knew it was going to tank. No matter how much you polish a turd, it's still a turd. It was never going to get any better than where it was. It was always hacked. There wasn't much hope for most people. And what little hope there was, was dead by the end of it. <laughs> so, Well, this, I mean, you can have a pretty shiny turd. I mean, sure, it's still a turd, but it's pretty shiny. Right? It's, it depends on how much you polish it. I guess so, but it's still a turd. Uh, so We've all been part of projects that were not ready and like, yeah, we're we're not. It's not ready. It's like, well, we're going live anyway. It's like, well, yeah, but it's 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 really not ready. It's like, too bad that date's coming. Yeah, we're going live and it's not moving. Yeah, I know we've all been part of projects like that, and this this just sounds like one of them. Um, but you know, it just turned out poorly for everyone. So the game was not very good, and uh, you know, it was out there anyways. And now they've decided to delay the console release. Uh, it was scheduled to come out on February 6th for Xbox One and PS4, uh, but the statement that came out is as follows. Starbreeze, which is the publisher of the game, and Overkill is a company that is the company that developed it, but Starbreeze has decided to postpone the release date from its original February, February 2019 date. Further information regarding the future release will be announced at a later time. Yeah. And if ever, if ever, yeah, I have a feeling this, this might never happen. Um, the other thing about this that is kind of interesting is that Starbreeze, the publisher was raided in December by Swedish authorities on allegations of financial mismanagement and insider trading. Oh, wow. So not only is the game a disaster, they are not releasing it on schedule but the publisher is under investigation for some financial issues. So, well, that's why they went live. Like, <laughs> we're going live anyway. It's like, well, we have to because we're scamming some money over here. And if we don't, and they've been telling the the higher ups or whoever they need to, it's like, yeah, it's going fine. Everything's good. It's great. We're going to hit our targets. We're going to hit our uh, release date. Uh, I've seen some, uh, you know, early test footage and played some early versions of it. It's going fucking great. This is awesome. <laughs> We're going to make so much money. <laughs> and meanwhile, it's a big pile of shit. It's just somebody lying up their ass in order to make a scam buck. Yeah. Well, I get, I it could be something like that, but if, you know, it's it's unfortunate for the fans if anyone was out there who was really looking forward to this release even after all the bad reviews. Unfortunately, you're not going to get it, but I guess you can still get the PC version if you have the ability to game on PC and try it out. Uh but it I'll does try it out. Yeah, you should maybe, but it it sounds like it sounds like this game may never be coming. So I wouldn't uh I wouldn't get your hopes too high there. Get your expectations lowered a little bit. Yeah. Realign your expectations. Yeah. Um, one other quick note about Walking Dead video games in general is that earlier this week, uh, I think it was the official Walking Dead Twitter account, tweeted out a question, simply, what kind of video games do you want to see in the Walking Dead universe? They're basically just sort of crowdsourcing some ideas, I think, for yep. future games, because I guess they get the feeling that this one's just not going to happen. So, you know, they did the Telltale Games, and they're coming along, or wrapping up now, with Skybound Games finishing them off. 
Um, so maybe they're like, you know what, this video game thing could work. You just have to do it right. But we want to make sure that we release things that fans want. So why don't we just ask them? There you go. I guess. I don't know. You're going to get really crappy answers. Like, you know, I want Walking Dead themed Mahjong. (laughs) That's what I would like to see. I'll bet you it exists already. There's probably Walking Dead Monopoly, Walking Dead Stratego, Walking Dead everything, but, uh... You know, I think they're worried about video games specifically, but yeah, there's probably lots of answers out there. Walking Dead Risk? Yeah, well, that's got to be a thing, right? Yeah, I would think so. The Walking Dead are taking over, uh, you know, the world. Mm-hmm. And you got to fight them. Of course you do. Perfect. <laughs> fight them back. Okay, well, that covers the latest Walking Dead news. Um, and, you know, otherwise, just in case anyone doesn't know yet, the show comes back on February 10th with Season 9, Episode 9. That'll be the next big Walking Dead event in the, you know, Walking Dead universe that's out there. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, all right, Jason, we are going to move on or well, move away from The Walking Dead a little bit and talk about these two movies, The Wave and The Quake. Right. So you may ask, why are we talking about these movies? Um, and I must admit, I don't have a great answer for that other than, <laughs> you know, I kind of want to. I, when The Wave came out back in 2015, I, ne- I, I thought that looks kind of fun, but I never got around to watching it. And now we have The Quake, which is the sequel. And I watched the trailer for that and like, oh, man. I, I got to go back and watch The Wave if I'm going to watch The Quake. I have to watch both of these. I can't just watch one or the other. They're obviously related. So I decided, you know what, let's watch them both. We'll talk about them here, see how it goes, because it's fun to talk about movies once in a while. And these this seems like a perfect double header, right? That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean... Pretty good idea. As, I mean, I've wanted to watch uh, the, the Wave, uh, you know, back... Years ago, it was on. It was on Netflix. I think I even started watching it one time, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I, I can't. I, I couldn't commit to a subtitled movie, ah, so okay. I had to. I had to back off and say, okay, just I have to watch this someday. And then you mentioned, hey, let's watch the Wave and the Quake. I'm like, cool. I wanted to watch that, but Netflix doesn't have it anymore. Right. So we had to. Yeah, had to watch it, uh, another way. But uh, yeah, it was it was it's, it was on my list of movies that I wanted to watch, and now that there was a there's a sequel, yeah, uh, I was all in. Good. So I I gave you the the kick in the ass you needed to to get watching these movies. Yeah, you know, twist my arm. Here here's two movies that uh, you've wanted to see, yep. or at least one you've wanted to see. I'm forcing you to watch them. <laughs> I'm propping your eyeballs open and pointing <laughs> you at the TV. Yeah. All right. Well, if in case you don't know, both of these movies are. Norwegian productions, so uh-huh. they are not Hollywood movies, made in Norway, in Norwegian, and they are basically disaster action movies. The Wave was released in 2019, directed by a guy named Roar Uthog, which is an awesome name in my opinion. It is. It's pretty good. 20, you don't mean 2019. I said 2019, I meant 2015. Yeah, 2015. That's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. The Wave is the first one, released 2015, and Roar Uthog is the director, and he is the director of the recent Tomb Raider movie, uh, which was out earlier this year, or 2018, I guess. So he's hasn't done a lot outside of, well, you know, as, in terms of Hollywood films, but Tomb Raider's a pretty big deal um, for him. The Quake, the second one, 
2018 release was directed by a guy named John Andreas Anderson, who doesn't appear to have done any really major productions out well in North America or in Hollywood or anything like that. So different directors, which I think might explain some things. Um, but both films star the same cast and basically follow the same family. The main character or the main hero in both of these is a, an actor by the name of Christopher Joner or Joner, but it's a J. So it's, it's a soft J in, in Norwegian. Right. So Joner, and he's been around, he's done a lot of stuff. He's done a few things you actually might know him from. The most notably is the small role he had in Mission Impossible Fallout this year. Oh yeah, that's right. He was a guy without giving anything away about that movie. He was a scientist who is lying in a hospital bed at one point in that film, uh, in Mission Impossible. So I recognized him instantly, and he's definitely my favorite Norwegian actor at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, hands down, my favorite Norwegian actor. Yeah, me too, actually. Of all the one that I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So there you go. Um, now, The Wave and the Quake... Uh, I'm not sure how this is going to go in terms of talking about them uh, as sequels or as individual films, but as I said, they are both action-adventure disaster movies. One of them is really good, and one of them is god-awful. And I'm going to ask you, Jason, if you can tell me right now, right here, which one is really good and which one I think is god-awful. <laughs> Uh, I, if I go strictly by the quality of the subtitles, I'd have to say that the wave was really good. Okay. <laughs> All right. But what about the quality of the films? Uh, I believe the, uh, I enjoyed the wave more. I liked, I, I, well, I mostly liked Quake, mm -hmm. uh, but I liked wave more. So I'm going to go with that. You would be correct. I yeah. thought the wave was a very good movie. It, yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. I mean, it's it's a it. it both movies have this guy uh, who basically has a Cassandra complex. He knows the future. He knows what's going to happen, but nobody believes him. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and then eventually he's proven right uh, in both cases. Yeah. Uh, so, and he has to go and save his family. Yep. Uh, in both cases, because they have a I'm walking into disaster problem, <laughs> like, even though there's, you know, yes. obviously signs that they should be paying attention to uh, crap that's going down. It's like, stay in the car. No, I'm not going to stay in the car. We're in the middle of an earthquake. Of course, I'm going to go to the top floor of this building. Yes, of course. Why would you right? not do that? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, or yes, of course, I'm going to put on my headphones and then skateboard down uh, in the uh, the basement where nobody can get a hold of me. And uh, I will cause people to potentially die and actually die. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I did enjoy the wave more. I liked the setup. It was tense. You mm -hmm. knew, like, it, it wasn't just a, hey, this could be a tsunami that's coming. It was very well explained uh, and could only take place in, uh, in these, you know, huge fjords of Norway. Yep. Right. It couldn't take place on uh, in pretty much anywhere else. So it was uh, it was really whereas a quake they happen everywhere, all the time. There's, right? there's earthquakes happening right now. Yeah. 
yeah. Uh, so uh, the wave, I think that uh, uh, you really couldn't, I, I couldn't imagine it being set in North America okay. or even in, uh, you know, Western Europe somewhere other than uh, Norway. Well, I mean, Norway is technically considered Western Europe, but. Well, I know that. That's why I kind of qualified it. But I, I, only in Norway with those beautiful fjords can you really have this, uh, have this setting. Yeah. So I, I think you've, you've touched, I mean, you've touched on some of the things that I think make one, the wave a, a great movie and the quake a terrible movie. And, you know, I said God awful before, and I just said terrible. And those are maybe slightly strong terms, but all I can say is I really disliked the quake as it compares to the wave. Um, but, but just to put these into uh, context a little bit, uh, yeah, as you said, um, the, the wave is about a a town in Norway that is at the end of a fjord that is surrounded by mountains as fjords are. And at, at one point, one of the mountains cracks a big piece off into the water, creates a massive tidal wave that runs down the fjord and destroys the village. Right. And um, our main character, whose name, whose character's name is Christian. He is basically a mountain researcher who, realizes that this is about to happen, tries to warn everyone at first they don't listen. Then it does. He's proven right. And it's his story of trying to get himself and his family to safety in time. Right. So that's the wave. The quake is exactly the same film, but it's an earthquake instead of a tidal wave. And it's in a city instead of a little town in Northern or rural Norway. Uh, the biggest difference is, I mean, there's a lot of differences, but, uh, the biggest thing that, that, um, that I think m makes me like one and not the other is that the wave felt very like the characters didn't make stupid decisions. I didn't think, uh, for one thing in the quake, it was nothing but stupid decision after stupid decision, right? There, you know, as you said, it's like, stay in the car, you'll be safe. No, I'm not going to stay in the car. I'm going to go to the top floor on the tallest building when a giant earthquake is about to strike that didn't happen in the wave you know they no. they they did the things that you would expect real people to do in the face of this potential disaster and like that alone i feel like made one movie stand head and shoulders above the other one um but both are kind of stereotypical disaster movies um, where, you know, you have a guy who's, who's really good at his job. He's the only one who is taking things seriously. He sees it coming, but nobody believes him. Like those kind of things that you see in kind of, in these sorts of movies. Um, well, that's also from, you know, it's Cassandra from Greek mythology. She was cursed with yeah, foresight, yeah. but nobody would ever believe her. Well, fair enough. But that's been, you know uprooted and transplanted into Hollywood disaster movies or generally yeah, disaster you know, movies. You know, we insert a, a guy who thinks that uh, there's going to be a volcano in downtown Los Angeles. Right. Uh, you know, see volcano. Yeah. The movie I, volcano. I, I haven't seen volcano, but I've seen, you haven't seen volcano. They no. showed that on a plane. I was on. Okay. Word of advice. Don't show disaster movies on a plane. Well, I mean, if there's no planes crashing, it's not that big a deal. No, right? But still anything that amps up tension on a plane. Yeah. Don't do it. You know? Okay. But, Truman Show, you know, yeah. show the Truman Show. Fair That's enough. That's fine. Show uh, European Vacation. 
That's fine. <laughs> Love that. Movie. These are also movies that I've seen on planes. All right. <laughs> uh, so you know, all those good. Uh, well, volcano bad. I haven't seen volcano, but I have seen San Andreas. And what was that other one? Twenty twelve. I saw twenty twelve. Oh, don't see twenty twelve. I've seen that. Don't. Uh, um, go on seat if you can. I've seen The Day After Tomorrow, which actually I didn't think was too bad. Oh, I like it. That's one of my uh, go-to movies. I've seen it like six times. I okay. like that movie. Okay, yeah. I, I thought it was good when I saw it. It's not as good as The Wave, in my opinion, but it has some similarities to The Wave, I think. Um, Come on. Ship comes down, you know, is uh, sailing downtown Manhattan, and uh, you go onto the ship, and what happens when you're on the ship? You get attacked by a pack of wolves. What else is going to happen? Yeah. And then you have to burn books to stay warm. Uh, you don't burn Shakespeare. You burn tax law. That's what you do. <laughs> Absolutely. No one's going to need that ever again. <laughs> exactly. Right. But I'm just saying I've seen some of these movies, and I don't think any of them are great with maybe the possible exception of The Day After Tomorrow until The Wave comes along, and I thought The Wave was great. Now, um, just to continue talking about the main character a little bit, uh, I think – He's, um, you know, he's not a perfect hero. You know, you put the rock in, um, San Andreas and the guy can do no wrong. He's this big hero guy who everything he touches just, you know, turns to gold and he saves everybody and, and stuff like that. There's no character flaw to him, you know? No, but I don't think that, that, that's not acting either. That's just the way Johnson. Right. Fine, maybe the rock his, is just his, the rock. His life has been an, an unbroken boulevard of green lights, right? It's just <laughs> go, go, go. You want to do that? Go do it. Do it, man. You can do it. And he did it, and he does it, and he's fantastic. Okay, that's fine. Just, that's just the rock. Fine, it's the rock. But there's no, there's nothing holding him back. You know, Christian in the wave is a guy who, you know, he's – he he doubts himself a little bit, right? He he sees what's about to happen, but then everyone goes, no, 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 no. Come on, it's it's. There are other signs here, and then he gets he doubts himself. You know, he's he's hesitant to speak up due to the repercussions. Like he he thinks this this mountain's going to crack off and create this massive tidal wave that wave that's going to destroy the town, but he knows that if he's wrong. That's like sounding the alarm is a great deal of unnecessary panic and things like that. So he's, he's hesitant. Like it felt like he was a real guy to me who was really struggling with his decisions and, you know, struggling with sort of revealing the knowledge that he knows to be true because he's second guessing himself. Right. So he's both the sheriff and the mayor in Jaws. Sure. Right. Yeah, there's a shark attack. We got to shut down the beach. We can't shut down the beach. It's our tourist season, right? Yeah. So he's uh, he's both of those characters where he wants to shut down the beach, but you know if he does shut down the beach and he's wrong, uh, then they they shut down the beach during tourist season, and then you know the whole island will suffer. Sure, but I mean the the point is like he's he has these character traits, and that makes him a, a feel like a real guy. You know what I mean? He's not just the hero that swings in and or flies in in the helicopter and saves the day. Um, you know, because uh, yeah, if the rock was there, that's exactly what he would do. He would, if they had a helicopter, they had one. They it did was have right one. on the roof of that building that they were on. Yep. Uh, you know, the rock would uh, run up the side of that mountain as it was crumbling mm -hmm. to jump in the helicopter and, and go and uh, put the entire town on a single rope and then take them to. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, put them all on a Ferris wheel 
and then grab the Ferris wheel by the with the helicopter and take the Ferris wheel uh, as it was spinning and playing music. Yeah, and then uh, to a party, and, and then the rock would somehow spin the Ferris wheel and the the rotors on the helicopter so fast that he would blow the wave back the other way and save the whole town. You know, like that's the kind of thing that stupid giant disaster movies do. Uh, but not this one, not this one. Um, you know, the other, the other, there's some other sort of stereotypical things about this, you know, it's, it's Christian's last day of work at this thing, right? Like he's supposed to leave. It's his last day. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Um, but then something happens and, and he stays, um, you know, he's his kids in the car. Right? I just, I, you know, I know we're on our way to the ferry to leave town because we're moving, mm-hmm. uh, but I just got to stop at work. I'll be right back. And then he gets in a fucking helicopter and leaves. Right. And, <laughs> and it's funny because I, that occurred to me. I'm like, wait a minute. You just were going to run into the building for 10 minutes or five minutes while your kids waited for you. And now you're like in a helicopter flying out to the mountain to like go down in the crack and check all the sensors. Like, what happened? But they addressed it in the movie. You know, the, he he does eventually come back. Kids are gone. And then his wife yeah. gives him shit for leaving the kids. She actually says for hours in the car. Yeah. So I'm glad they addressed it. Like that's basic, simple writing that made me feel good about that potentially annoying lack of attention to detail. Yeah. And bad parenting. Well, like, bad don't leave parenting. your kids in the car. I don't care how old they are. Like, don't leave your kids in the car while you fuck off in a helicopter. Yeah. Like, fair enough. Don't do that. To, to, to be totally fair, one of his kids was probably old enough to drive, so it's not like there were babies. I wouldn't. Don't do it to anybody. Don't do it to anyone. Like, it's like good if, advice. If I'm if I'm driving with you and we're on our way to a movie, and I say oh, we just got to stop, I got to run in here for a second, and I run in and then head off to Muskoka for <laughs> a weekend a party. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's rude. <laughs> it, it really is. Like I'd still be sitting there, probably freezing now, covered in snow. Like yeah. you'd stay there. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying though. Like I could probably drive your car away if I wanted to. Anyways, um, they managed to separate the family, right? So that there's this tension of, are they alive? Are they not? Like all these typical things, but they just execute it so well that I, I didn't mind all of these things and done poorly in a, in a rock movie like uh, San Andreas. It's annoying, but done well here in the wave. I totally bought into it. So I, I mean, they I, leaned into his bad fatherhood and, you know, post-traumatic stress in, uh, in the quake. Right. Yeah. Cause he was separated from his family and he had his, uh, uh, had his kid come over, but had to, <laughs> had to take them home because he was too much of a mess to be able to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. They definitely do. The quake, um, the quake is very different in that respect. You know, it, as you said, they lean into it. They start, they start the film where he's separated from his family and separated from his wife. He's living alone and he doesn't seem to really have much of a relationship with them, which was a surprise to me actually. And kind of bummed me out a little bit. Uh, things happen. I mean, this is a reconnect story, right? Yeah. You know, how to, uh, how to best bond with your kids. You save them from a disaster and kill your wife. <laughs> She's not dead. She's she's just separated. No, but she does. She dies in the movie. She does. She does die later on. Uh, anyways, yeah, the, I mean, I, that kind of bummed me out at the beginning of the quake, though. Like, after they, after everyone's rescued in the wave, 
you're, I just sort of felt good. I'm like, oh, amazing. This family is a solid family. I like seeing solid families. You know, there are lots of great stories about families with problems. And I'm not saying that this one didn't have any, but I felt like they did a good job of setting up a, the family relationships in this movie, but B the town as well. I felt like just the little things we saw from the town I felt like we kind of had a feeling for it. Like it's the kind of place where everyone knows each other. Everyone's friendly with each other. And the fact that they're all about to be wiped out by this massive uh, tidal wave really made me upset. And, you know, when you think about it, the difference is with between this and something like 2012 or San Andreas is, you know, in the rock movie, there are millions of people, millions of unknown people about to die that you have zero connection with in this there's a few hundred that you have just enough connection with to feel something for them right you even had people that uh were just staying at the hotel yeah that you felt for uh it's like oh shit they're gonna get on that bus and man they don't have enough time to get on that bus and get away there's a wave coming right you guys are all fucked that's horrible exactly but it's it's a massive difference when you can connect emotionally even just a little bit with this group of people that you know are totally screwed versus, you know, all of Southern California and right. who who cares? Like it's, it's, I mean, it's too big a number to even comprehend really. Yeah. And, and in the quake we had, uh, we had this lady at the top of the building who uh, gets stuck underneath some rubble and uh, the daughter and this other lady saved that save her, but you know, she's dead. Right, because she's got crushed legs, and they're in the middle of a, a disaster movie. So somebody's got to die. Mm-hmm. So you know this lady; she's a friend of the mom, mm-hmm. right? They've been saw them talking before. I didn't care about her. I knew she was going to die. Didn't bother me. No, it didn't bother me either. And that's that's interesting, right? Like, yeah, you, you're supposed to be concerned about her, but you just aren't in in that second film because. They didn't do anything to to make you feel like you know any of these characters in that in that second one. Um, the other thing about the quake is that it was just so ridiculously implausible. Uh, I couldn't buy into the fact that buildings were like half sheared apart but still standing, or the top of that building they were stuck in was there was nothing supporting you know fifty percent of it, and it was just slowly hanging down. It wasn't crumbling to the ground. I couldn't, I couldn't get on board. It, it was, it was almost like it was too fantastical to have any stakes at all because it was so ridiculous. Right. Okay. Right. I mean, I, I thought it was fine. Like you have to suspend your disbelief on physics. But there's a limit yeah. for me. Oh, anyway. well, absolutely. There's a limit, but it was at least internally consistent. Physics is fucked in this movie. <laughs> let's just see what happens. Yeah. Let's just go with that. But I don't know. That kind of thing bothers me. And the wave didn't do any of that. It Everything in that film, I thought, was within the realm of possibility. The one exception, and I can totally give it a pass, is that when the rock falls into the water, they know they have 10 minutes for the Not water. Not Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Different, like, like the, the mountain, side of the mountain. <laughs> when right? the mountain like, falls into the water. Okay. Oh, wait, not the mountain either. When the uh, side <laughs> of the fjord <laughs> slides down yeah. and creates the wave, they know they have 10 minutes before it hits the town. And I will admit that probably more happened in that 10 minutes than is realistically possible. However, 
I feel like it almost played out in real time. Like it was no more than 10 or 15 minutes of actual movie time from wave creation to wave hitting the town. Right. So I like that. It's just that, yes, they seem to do a lot of stuff in that 10 minutes, but it didn't bother me. Okay. I didn't, uh, I didn't have a problem with the timing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm saying the timing I think was weird, but it was okay in the quake. Uh, I don't know that just everything about it was so implausible that, that it drove me crazy. Um, and then I didn't think I, it's funny. I didn't think I'd have so much to say about the wave. <laughs> I was sort of going into this going like, you know, I really like this. It was a good, uh, you know, a very well executed stereotypical action disaster movie. And I really enjoyed it. But now that I've sort of got on got going, I'm like, you know, this there's all kinds of good stuff about this movie and another thing that i think is i think it had an interesting structure where there was actually quite a bit of initial setup sort of in the first first act and that plays into all the things i've been saying about how we get to know these people in the town we get to know the character what he's like his relationship with his family what the what the kids are like what the family you know what kind of people they are then you get the second act which is extremely short. And that's the 10 minutes between mountain falling and wave hitting town. Yep. And then you get post wave hitting town, sort of the fallout from it and sort of the, the rescue scenes of the film to find out who's alive and who's dead and, and get them out of a bad situation. Whereas I think in a more Hollywood version, the wave and the destruction that it caused would be the entire third act of the film, right? The wave would be created and then the movie would end just as everybody gets away as the wave hits. And, right. and, and they're, they just are managed to save themselves in this case, 10 minutes wave hits. We have to deal with it. And if you're not out of its way, you're in trouble. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know, it's like, it's a slightly different take on the sort of structure of one of these movies. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I think I liked the quake more than you did. Yeah. Uh, I think, but I think ultimately I was more forgiving of it because of how much I liked the wave. Maybe I was, I went the opposite. I liked the wave so much that I, that it made me dislike the quake even more. Maybe I was concentrating on the subtitles. The subtitles that I had on the version I watched yeah. were horrible. <laughs> I mean, even when they were, there was points where, uh, the actors were speaking English and, uh, like there was like a, it was minor stuff and they said, don't go out there. And then the subtitle underneath would say, uh, out there, do not go right. kind of thing. Like just like it was, it was bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it took me a while to parse what they were talking about. Like what? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the translation and subtitles were, uh, abysmal. Well, I, I rented the movie from iTunes. So, uh, got the official iTunes released subtitles and they were just fine. Uh, I guess yours came from an alternate source, which didn't have quite as good subtitles. You, I believe, was my alternate source. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I can't share my iTunes version with you, but anyways. Uh, yeah, that's too bad. You should you should maybe check it out again with, with proper subtitles. Um, but Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I'm not so sure either. Uh, watch The Wave again, because it's absolutely worth it. You know what? You want to watch a couple of good disaster movies. Sure, What I you do. need to do is you need to watch Towering Inferno. From uh, I don't even know sure what year it was. Uh, Nineteen seventy four. Yeah, it's an old one. Oh my, 
Yeah, that's a really good one. That's got like uh, Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, uh, O.J. Simpson. Whether that's good or bad, I'm not sure. But, you know, when he was getting into his acting stuff, O.J. Simpson was in that. Uh, Robert Wagner. How could you go wrong? That's a lot of quality acting right there. Yeah. It was, uh, I remember this movie when I was a kid watching it a couple of times. I thought it was uh, great. Or watch uh, The Poseidon Adventure, the original, not the remake. Okay. Uh, the Poseidon Adventure, uh, also really good. All right. Disaster movie. I, I I could watch those. I haven't seen either either of them, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are those are two movies you should watch. Okay, cool. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I know I kind of took this over a little bit, which is probably not that unusual, but um, anything else about either of these that you wanted to bring up? Not really. Okay. Well, there you go. Does that make me a bad person? No, I don't think so. I'm I'm okay. I'm glad you preferred the wave over the quake, but I just wish you disliked the quake some more. <laughs> <laughs> I really hated the subtitles. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> um so anyways, yeah, I, I recommend everyone you check out the wave and if you don't want to, you don't need to watch the sequel. Uh but if you're a completionist, you probably should watch the sequel. Uh it's it's the same movie, just done way worse in my opinion. <laughs> As most sequels are. Not, not always, not always. No, em- not always, but most. Empire most is pretty good. Uh, you well, know. You're, you're citing the exception. Godfather, Empire Strikes Back, yeah. that kind of stuff. So that's where the, you know, the sequel's arguably better than the original. That's true, that's true. Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man 2, correct. Even, even though we disagree on that, but that's okay. I still think the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire was better than the uh, the sequel, but you like the sequel more. I do. I do, but I don't think the first one is is bad in any way. In fact, I think it's a really good movie. I think it's just below the second one, though. But we can all agree that the third one is a pile of shit. I think everyone can agree on that, yeah. Yeah, okay. So as uh, long as we're on the same page there, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. So I posted on Facebook uh, last week that we were going to talk about these two movies here, and... Uh, I just got one sort of response. I don't think a lot of people have seen these movies, uh, but maybe now that they've heard us, they'll watch at least one of them. But Melissa commented on our Facebook page there. She says, I saw The Wave about a year ago on Netflix. I think it kind of has the same tone and feel as Volcano. And by the end, I was kind of hoping they'd actually drown in that little room. But I am tempted to hate watch the sequel just so I can play along with the podcast. So it doesn't sound like Melissa really liked the wave at all. Uh, well, but that's fair. Okay, so that's a fair criticism of that uh, uh, of that room that they went in because that was supposed to be a safe room for this very specific kind of disaster, right? We know that this mountain is coming apart. We uh-huh. know that there's probably going to be. Uh, a wave that's going to hit this town sometime in the next 10,000 years. Like, so, that's that's the deal. So, build so we're going to build this safe room yeah. to protect people from this shit that's going to go down sometime in the next, you know, 10 centuries or 10 millennia. Yep. Uh, they build this room with a ventilation system that can easily get filled with water and yeah. connect them all. Like, Not only that, but on. apparently no supplies or... Anything you might need, like maybe even scuba gear, you know? <laughs> a flashlight, you know? I think they had a flashlight, but a, a they may snorkel. have brought it in with them, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a problem with that uh, with that disaster safe room. It did seem a little um, sparse supply-wise for a disaster room, but... Um, yeah, the- and if you're going to, if you're worried about a wave coming in and flooding the whole town, you know, make a door that could open if there's water. 
<laughs> or, right. or, I mean, to be fair, they didn't get in there in time, right? They were, they were no, there. They couldn't get the door. Oh, there was a rock in the way. There was a rock in the way. Yeah. Ah, it's that Dwayne Johnson problem again. The rock's in the way. Right. He's not usually in the way. No, he he's not time. in the way. He's saving people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what though, just to, to go back to that scene a little bit, um, I did think they did a pretty good job of making that whole sequence rather tense. Like not only were they, I mean, not only are you worried about them drowning, of course, because the room is filling up with water, but it was claustrophobic too. And it was, I found it pretty tense. Um, I'm not going to yeah, lie. And then there's, then there's the jerk guy who's uh, flipping out and well, you have to kill him, right? Well, and that's the other thing you have characters that start to panic, which you would. I mean, irrational panic would set in in that kind of situation. Not everybody is a hero, and that guy especially not. And, uh, you know, so I... That's e- that's my consolation, is that I know if there's ever a zombie apocalypse, I'm not going to survive very long. Uh-huh. But uh, one thing I'm going to try and do is not take anybody down with me, right? Fair enough, yeah. That's, that's the kind of hero that I'm going to be, is I'm probably going to die. Yeah, that's fine. At least I, I'm not going to take anybody with me. Good. Well, that's, that's noble of you. If I can save a couple of people even better, but, uh, yeah, I'm not going to take anybody down. Good, 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 good. Anyway. Well, that's, that's nice. And I hope that works out for you when the zombie apocalypse hits. Yeah. Except for my neighbor. He's a jerk. I'll take him down. (laughs) Hopefully he's a zombie already. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. He'd probably be the source of my death. Ah, great. Anyway. Uh, okay. Well, that's, that's that. Um, Towering Inferno run, won three Academy Awards. Oh my God, you man. You should watch this movie. Well, that's exciting. That's cinematography. Oh, cinematography in these films, like, especially the first one. My God, Norway is a beautiful looking place. <laughs> yeah, like, every shot of the mountains and the fjord and the, even the town was just gorgeous. Like, holy moly. Yeah, I agree with Zephod Uh he remember when he I think he designed the earth and he was particularly proud of the fjords. He should be. They are very beautiful. No, it's not Zephod Beeblebrox that designed the earth. Uh, um, uh, who was it? It was uh Yeah, I don't know. I don't know his name, but it's already Bartfast. Bartfast. Uh, Slurda Bartfast, yes. That's it. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I got got that confused. Yeah, he designed the fjords and he I think he should be proud of it. I think so too, because they are absolutely beautiful and they they film really well, especially in these films. So very dramatic. Good job to the cinematographer. And good job, Norway. <laughs> good, good job, Norway. Yeah. So I wonder if we're going to get a third disaster Norwegian disaster film in the trilogy, and what might it be? Aliens. The aliens. The aliens. No, come on. Okay, it's so we be... got the wave, the quake. So we got earth or fire. We have to have fire. Right. The fire. Earth, water, and fire. The fire? I mean, the the, the, the inferno, right? The inferno, yeah, that would yeah. work. Right. And then, then after that, wind. It's a particularly <laughs> windy day that causes a disaster. That blows down buildings, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think they should probably stop at a trilogy, and ultimately they should have stopped at the, after the first one. Well, it's got to be, okay, so fire got to be a volcano, because it's got to be a natural disaster, right? Yeah. Not just uh, starting a fire. So it's got to be a volcano. Yep. That, uh, and then the wind would be a hurricane. Probably, or yeah. Or a tornado. Sure. Uh, and then we got the, what are the five, the five elements? Earth, wind, or earth, air, fire, uh, water, and love? <laughs> Am I thinking of the fifth element? Is that the problem? Is there five, or are there only four? 
There's only four. Yeah, I'm thinking of the fifth element. I think it's love. Okay. <laughs> so we just got to do a volcano and, and a tornado now, and yeah. we're good. And then one about a, a love disaster. <laughs> Isn't, aren't most movies about that <laughs> in some way? I, I think so. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get Roar Uthog back to direct the third and the fourth versions, because in my opinion, he did a fantastic job here. All right, um, so check out The Wave, everybody, and uh, not so much The Quake. Uh, I enjoyed watching that first one, and I kind of enjoyed talking about it here, too. Uh, even though I wasn't sure uh, going in, I'd really have a lot to say, but I turns out I did. Okay. All right, man. Um, that oh, man. is Towering Inferno, Best Original Score, nominated by, uh, by John Williams. So John Williams did the score. How can you not watch this movie? i got to watch this movie tonight. Okay, well... Again. Let's, let's Sorry, I can't. I can't stop gushing on this movie. I gotta watch it. I've never seen it, and clearly, it has some pedigree behind it. So, I will definitely check it out. Okay, anything else about Towering Inferno? No, before I we... think I gotta stop looking at the internet right now. <laughs> before we wrap this up, like, you know, focus on the podcast. <laughs> Towering Inferno, everybody! It's the best movie ever. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that discussion of those two films in the Walking Dead news. So, Jason, we are, you know. Getting pretty close to the resumption of Season 9. Our next podcast will very likely be covering the Season 9 mid-season premiere. Looking forward to that. Uh, I've already seen the first minute and a half, apparently. Um, apparently. And I, I thought that were was... Were there actors in the first minute and a half? There were. Okay, so it's probably not fake then. It's probably not fake. No, I Is don't it, think it's Was fake. it made from previous footage? It does not appear to be, no. Okay. No, it seems to be very legitimately possibly the first minute and a half. <laughs> it's just the, the release uh, mechanism. Makes me question it a little bit, exactly. So. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyways, uh, we will be back, of course, to recap that episode and then do feedback. So when you see it... Make sure you send us your feedback via email and voice message and stuff like that so we can get on to that. And I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, season nine's been so great. So I'm really excited about the second half um, and, and diving back in. You know, it'll be, it'll be fun. Yeah. But until then, you have a little bit of time to, you know, hang around and, and write emails to podcasts if you want. And if you choose to write one to us, you can do that by sending it to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead or on Twitter at talking dead. And visit our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com for all of our episodes all the way back to number one. If you felt like starting over at the beginning and, and re-listening to everything, you know, you could you could watch you could listen to all four hundred and fourteen in two weeks. I mean, you could try. <laughs> yep. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that. But they're all there. Uh you can also use the site to send us a voicemail and uh and uh, if you choose to do that. So um one more thing too, as we get back into, you know, Walking Dead season here, uh visit iTunes and leave us a rating. That would be fantastic. They like to feature shows that are relevant at the time or noteworthy for some reason. And the Walking Dead coming back on TV kinda makes us sort of noteworthy. So uh if, if a bunch of ratings come in, they might feature us, and that's just a really, really good way to help uh find yeah. new listeners and stuff like that. So they like ratings, we like ratings, everybody likes ratings. Every oh, right. Everybody loves ratings, so we really appreciate it if you could do that. And, uh, you know, there's five little stars. I, I say click on the, the fifth one. 
the yeah, far it's, side. I mean, ultimately, it's up to you. But uh, the more stars, the more happier we make us. What? <laughs> the more happier everybody is, the more stars. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back in a couple of weeks for season nine, episode nine. Until then, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.